This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Profile of 20 Young Poets on Otago Access Radio, a series celebrating the literary talent of young people in Dunedin. Every Wednesday at 5pm we will hear from another young Dunedin poet about their passion for writing and listen to some of their written work. Episodes from these series will be replayed at 9.30pm on Thursdays and 2.30pm on Fridays and available online from www.oar.org.nz and iTunes. I'm Isla Thomas. I um, am a 17-year-old, year 13 student at Logan Park High School. I'm interested in poetry and dogs and art. I started writing poetry because um, almost as therapy to like get stuff out of my head. I do a lot of big thinking and it was a really awesome way for me to give my ideas a space that didn't have to be measured or tested or anything. And so like the first several months that I wrote poetry. I refused to call it poetry because that felt too pretentious. Um, but yeah, no, it started as like a way for me to get my ideas out of my head and onto paper. Personally, it is definitely like something to do like in my own time. Um, but I think that's definitely because of the way that I write and it's always from an experience or a feeling and then something comes from that and I couldn't write without having those feelings. So I think studying it for me wouldn't be... I mean, I'm sure I could study it and write creatively but it wouldn't be any good I don't think (laughs) I think that Logan Park does provide a lot of opportunity for learning about creative writing in school there's a lot of opportunity in English classes as well as the creative writing club which is very well supported by really good teachers and so yes I do but I do not think it's like that at all schools (laughs) some of my favourite poets probably um, Sarah Kay is like a quite famous spoken word poet who I really love um on the other side of things, I really love Yates. <laughs> um, oh, any anything in anyone. Um, I really, really, really love reading other young people's work to sort of yeah feel connected <laughs> in a creative way to other people my age. Um, my school. T- so I've got some really awesome school teachers who are super important and inspiring to me. Um, the checkout lady at the supermarket. Yates. Anyone. <laughs> Fully English, but never left the Southern Hemisphere. Immigrant or coloniser, I've never been able to tell the difference. Mother, born and bred in the rolling Waikato hills to generations of farming fathers, descendants of colonisation. Father born in Portsmouth, blossomed at the base of the Rumataka Ranges, his mother from money, father from war. Myself, Born in Tauranga, raised in the Edinburgh of the South, never bred, not yet blossomed. I have learned karakia and shanty songs, to cook, to calculate, shamanic meditation, Christian prayer, from the books and from the trees. No religion, no one single culture, no stereotype to fit myself into. In my bones there is salty strength, marrow that remembers thistles and harsh winter's wars of men long dead. 
My flesh, however, is soft and sweet as kumara or kofi nectar. My battle still is nature versus nurture. Looking for my culture when I am already living it, blinded by myself, striving for excellence in hopes of finding home at Oxford or Cambridge, knowing it will never happen. Soul-searching beneath Bahutakawa's, hoping to feel something other than unsettled. Aiming for a science degree, but writing poetry instead of doing chemistry. I am trying to be Kiwi, but Granny was right. The sun never sets on the British Empire, even if you look the other way. So I think um, what sparks the initial sort of ideas for most of my poems is when I see something that's like a big issue or I, and then I feel connected to it personally. So um, for example, my poem, Father from Mother Country, I wrote that um, when my dad first moved to Auckland and we went to Mangere and I saw all, the, all of these Māori and Polynesian faces everywhere, which is quite unusual in Dunedin. And I was shocked and felt like such an outsider immediately in my own country. And then after that, I felt very strange about my role as a Pākehā girl growing up in New Zealand. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk about that issue and I found a way to do it through poetry and because I had a personal connection and that is how pretty much all of my poems are written. (laughs) So I think writing especially poetry for me, is based around um, personal feeling and ideas. So I'm a big thinker. I have heaps and heaps of massive inconvenient ideas all the time. And when those ideas are particularly big and inconvenient, they become poems. Sometimes that's spurred on by feeling or um, by other stimulation, not drugs. Not drugs that sound like I meant drugs. (laughs) By, yeah, so, yeah, by emotion or something because writing started as such a personal thing for me and it has slowly become more and I've slowly become more and more open about it but um I write all of my poetry in my bedroom or in the shower that's it yes and I have like a special little book and I sit at my desk usually at night time with like my dog and my lamp and it's just very nice poetry is really an excellent way for me um to process thoughts and feelings and stuff I think mostly because I get confused and putting feelings and thoughts into words on a page especially when those words have to be constricted because it's a poem is so so helpful it helps me understand um, myself and the world better I think you did not have time to hide behind greasy lips plastered in pink nor facade of maquillage It is a privileged relief to glimpse some escaped elation from behind the sallow-streaked, gloom-cloud curtain eyes of you, who once let me see beyond the stars. Perhaps the impropriety that permits indulgence engulfed you. The darkness must have told you, whispered in your ear, nothing worth living for can be seen in the clear. Okay, so Glimpse of Lucidity um, was written... Um, I was on at a beach with my dad and um, he is quite funny and he just made me crack up and I wasn't ready to laugh um, and so it sounded really strange when I laughed and um, so the first line of the poem originally was 
wet laughter and it was about um, being vulnerable and like not have like being able to see through people yeah it was yeah it was sort of written about a friend who was having some like who I felt like I couldn't connect to anymore and then that sort of um, thing that happened of me like just like bursting inappropriately into laughter um, sort of made me feel it was like the, uh, the first time in about a week that I'd had like a genuine feeling of just like absolute like joy yeah and so then I wrote a poem about it traveling did have a, a big impact on my writing and my way of seeing the world um, in New Zealand a lot of people say that they're like really hardworking or there's a, a big culture around that and going there and seeing men carry like kilos and kilos of bananas on their backs up mountains for days for like five New Zealand dollars that was insane or seeing people like um, with guns in the street in the city I came back and felt so 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 privileged and like I had so much power in the world um, and that really this is such a cliche but it's very true as well it um, has really made me feel like I it's motivated me to try and make a difference in the best way that I can and I think one vessel for that is poetry and to try and make other people have that same feeling. I'm a part of the Dunedin Slam Collective which was started um, in 2015 and that's a really awesome project community thing that happens um, once a month. So yes, I do have a community in that sense and in that place. Yeah. The Dunedin Slam Collective was founded in 2015, I think. The first Thursday of every month we meet at the university bookshop at around 7 o'clock and people read poems or have a rant <laughs> or, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. And there's a theme every month, by the way. I think I, um, I started going when I was 15 and I was one of the youngest people there. I still am probably, but I, um, it's mostly university students and there's some older people like 50s I guess um yeah but I think it is definitely open to all ages and more young people should definitely come that would be awesome please do um so there's a Facebook page called the Dean Slam Collective which you can look up and join it's a group I think um yes so join that and there's events published as well which is like Dunedin monthly slam sessions I think <laughs> but yeah just search Dunedin Slam Collective on Facebook and you will find us Schizophobic Tension 5,000 miles away from home I did not think that the fear would follow me here but I was wrong there is a man downstairs chanting polluted prayers speaking in tongues with a voice that is not his own I tremble in trepidation of the wrought iron hand lips wet and quivering eyes squeezing themselves back in feet hot from holding on too tight too long to smoking ground muscles screaming in their sleepless hours lungs full to bursting with bated breath he once said to me your peachy perfect skin shines like Kate Winslet in Titanic when you cry this is just as big my stomach churning his lips curling I smile with fond eyes at the ceiling 
must keep composure when his shadow voice threatens. Kids next door are screaming and the prayers get louder. Schizophobic Tension was written about an encounter that I had in Peru in July of last year. So my sister lives in um, Amazonian Peru and I went to stay with her, which was amazing and life-changing and brilliant. And while I was staying there, we were, I was staying in her house and someone who she knew, um, he was an ex-shaman who had drug-induced schizophrenia and he came in downstairs and was very, very aggressive and quite scary. And I'm, I've always been a little bit apprehensive about people who couldn't control themselves and it was a really scary experience for me. But after that um, experience, all of my fear about those sort of situations sort of evaporated and so and a big part of that evaporation was writing that poem schizophrenic shaman in peru that's <laughs> what that one's about <laughs> poetry is a magnificent form of communication um beyond thought it goes into feeling and because it's so potent and there is so much room for interpretation um the reader has so much power I, yeah and i think the ability to um, make the reader feel something in so few words it's, um, it really intensifies language and ability to communicate so I think it is a fantastic amazing form of communication I think it isn't always practical <laughs> but I do think that it is the best method of communication in a lot of ways but that's also just because I really love poetry <laughs> I've never really thought that heavily about the structure of my poetry. The lines are always very short, um, but usually it is... I always want to talk about a big idea in my poems, as I've said, like, eight times, but it always starts with a way for me to access that. So um, in Father from Other Country, for example, that poem used to have another four or five stanzas um, in front of what I read today but those were cut out because they weren't good or relevant, but they allowed me to access the part of it that I wanted to talk about. And so I guess that's how I wrote my poems. <laughs> so usually my poems, I write them in my head for like maybe a week. And then um, once I feel like I've got enough content, I will put it on paper. And then it depends. Sometimes I'm happy with it and I just leave it at that. Sometimes I edit it for weeks and weeks and eventually I am too close to it and can't even read the words anymore so I get someone else to look at it but um, I think yeah I definitely mentally edit more than I do on paper um, and when I do have it written down and it's out of my head then maybe a month later I will come back and read it as if I was reading somebody else's poetry and then properly edit it and critique it. At the Dineen Slam Collective, everyone is super lovely, which is awesome um, and sometimes not very useful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, um, I did have a wonderful, wonderful friend who was in Dunedin, but she's moved away. Um, and I t still talk to her through Facebook and things. But, yeah, I mostly talk to my uh, teachers for feedback. I don't have a huge base for feedback on my poetry but yeah my teachers are fantastic yeah yeah so I'm the um creative writing prefect which didn't used to be a thing <laughs> it shouldn't really be a thing but um yeah I have a I have an amazing relationship with um one of the English teachers at Logan Park 
and she is a godsend. She's wonderful, so I can go to her and take up lots and lots of her time. <laughs> um, yeah, and talk about my poetry and what needs fixing, or what whose poetry should I read this month, or yeah. For the first time, I am weak and waning, singing holy songs that dream of Babylon on the river rocks. Cracked open like a fractured egg, dribbling out generational secrets that even mother never knew she had. The rapid water rushes over my head, and I let it whisper curatives to my broken skin. On the flight home, to false strength, I watch the roads. Their lines too sharp to have been carved by water's languid tongue and too harsh to show sympathy to shadows. They are the ugly seams in Papatuanuku's favourite quilt. The next week I see our trees for the blood that they are, rich and forgiving. At work, Hine scoops chips beside me and says kia ora like it is the greatest gift she has to give as if it lines her lips with spring-warning dew in spite of the sutures binding them shut. Even I can taste the sweetness of her syllables with my infected mouth. After our shift, she sneaks pies from the warmer. They'd get thrown out otherwise, she says, then winks at me. Don't tell the big guy, will you, love? I wonder whether she means God or our duty manager. Then I remember that I do not speak to God. Sleep does not greet me that night. Instead, I ponder the river cleansing. Thoughts form and fade. Perhaps mother and I forgot the wrong secrets. Great-grandfather built his empire by pressing people down, people like Hine, and then selling the blood that wept out from their shattered bones. So we have remembered the pain and how to hide it under our Presbyterian thumbs and with white cloth. Love, however, is what felled him, so we have forgotten it, disregarding any heart that could be fond as weak and waning. Though now that my blood is capable of a golden fondness, I have come to believe that great-grandfather felled himself and stole hope from three generations, blinding us from what is truly good, like the green love of leaves and sunshine, the sea's soft summertime embrace, or warm lips on a cool night. Hine does not know her great-grandfather, his name nor mistakes. Perhaps that is why she is so kind and so wise, because you know we become the stories we tell ourselves at night. So Week in Waning took me several months to write. I started writing it when I was in Peru and finished it in October of last year, which is about a span of three months, I think. And so it was about my change in belief because of that travel. Um, before I went to Peru, I was very um, close-minded about my future. I basically thought that I would only ever be successful if I went to med school. And like I was a little bit conservative um, and when I got home after seeing all these people do so much hard work and live such hard lives, I sort of came home and saw the beauty in my everyday life and how lucky I was to 
have a bed and yeah I sort of felt like I'd been lied to by my grandparents I mean not my grandparents directly but like the um my grandparents are awesome love you um but by my like my elders in the society and that New Zealand was a really hard place to live and that we were like and I felt like that was such a lie and that I had been a little bit like racist myself and so I was sort of angry about it and um but also had this really like deep emotional connection to this feeling because it was so big and intrinsic and related to this like idea about the world as well so yeah I wrote it about sort of realizing that my life's pretty good <laughs> and being a little bit angry at people who had told me that it wasn't so for people who wanted to get into poetry I would say start with yourself because you know yourself best don't feel like anyone has to read it or like it has to be poetry even or that it has to be good just write something and then um keep writing and read as much as possible reading is so invaluable that was the profile of our latest young poet on otago access radio this project has been supported by the Dunedin City Council's Creative Communities Scheme, Dunedin UNESCO, City of Literature and Dunedin Public Libraries. If you would like to get involved with this project or any future Youth Zone projects, you can call the station on 471 6161 or email youthzone at oar.org.nz. This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.